0: Growing with
1: Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike
2: Nurseries.
3: On 95.5 WSB. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. Appreciate you being here on Green and Growing 95.5 WSB. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca, and I like finding people doing good. You know, I find people all over the state doing different projects, different research, and all that kind of thing. And my attention was brought by Trees Lana to one of their volunteers that we've got to brag on, Glenn Legaki, And he has a few parks in the area that are very close to him. And he is nominated for the Cox Conserves Heroes National Award for the work you're doing. Glenn, welcome to the show and congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
3: As a volunteer with Trees Atlanta, kind of your interest in forest restoration, but what really caught my attention is invasives, and I know that's kind of a hot topic this time of year, really year-round, but tell me a little bit about what you help other volunteers with as far as invasives go.
1: As you mentioned, uh, I have a couple of parks that are near and dear to me uh, where I live in Atlanta. Once a month, I'll go out and help lead volunteer projects to remove things like English ivy, Kudzu, Chinese Privet and Silverthorn. As part of my training through Trees Atlanta and the Forest Stewardship Program, we are trained to identify some of the most nefarious invasive species here in the Metro Atlanta area. And so, I'll go out and help volunteers identify these invasive species. Sometimes folks are well aware of them; other times, they're first time, and we'll go ahead and remove those. We use a combination of Manual and chemical removal Depending on the season And depending on the conditions out there
3: And that's a lot of manpower too When you're talking about going out With a group of volunteers And you're looking at things Chinese private That's a great one I'm glad you brought that up I've had calls recently yep. from folks Just trying to to get caught up Not even get ahead of it So we'll be talking with Trees Atlanta In just a little bit About their forest stewardship program And Glenn, you're helping Clear neighborhood parks Of these invasive species ultimately to protect tree health so trees can thrive. Just for the homeowner trying to control things like this manually, where does your group even start?
1: Everyone or most folks are familiar with English ivy. So depending on the stage that English ivy is at, if it's just ground cover or if it has started to climb the tree, or if you've got a big knot of it climbing a tree, Ideally, what we like to do is when you're looking at a tree that has English ivy growing on it, you're going to cut that ivy at about chest height all the way around the tree. And then you're going to peel back the ivy and give the tree about, you know, a foot circumference free of that ivy. If it's small enough and you can pull it all down, there's actually no reasons you would need to chemically treat that if you've got some larger pieces of ivy climbing up the tree, you may have to cut that larger root at the base mm-hmm. and then apply some sort of uh, chemical component to uh, kill that that ivy. You can do this definitely step-by-step step or stage-by-stage. Stage. Subsequent steps would be working on the ground removal of ivy. And so when you're removing it from the ground, that is good old-fashioned using a rake, uh, like a metal rake, to kind of pull back. The, the ivy And then just hand pulling it oh. And again That's something where You'll do it once But you might need to Kind of go out On a seasonal basis If there's any regrowth And try to get that By the roots as well
3: Now and honestly Going out there With a weed eater That's not going to be enough Because sure You're hitting the leaves But the vines And the little roots Coming out of the vines They're still there
1: That That is correct Sometimes If you're trying to Just beat it back You can use a weed eater But ideally What you would do Is remove it from the tree pull it back, and then you would hand pull it or use a rake because you're absolutely right. If you cut it, it might cut it back for the season, but it's certainly not going to kill the IV. And if you're going to have a problem in the future.
3: And you mentioned too, just a little bit ago, about our tree canopy and how important that is. And we're a city amongst the trees here in Atlanta. What's one of your favorite parts about being an Atlanta resident?
1: that's the reason that I got involved with Trees Atlanta and the reason I became so passionate about forest restoration and invasive species removal is because I do love the tree canopy here in Atlanta. You know, we don't have a major river. We're not by the ocean. Our marquee feature is our tree canopy. And so many people, uh, friends and family that come visit uh, just cannot believe how much coverage we have and how beautiful it is. Lesser known is, Hey, we need to protect the canopy that we already have in place, and part of doing that is understanding the invasive species and how they crowd out or potentially reduce the, uh, the tree cover in Atlanta.
3: Glenn Legacki here, a volunteer for Trees Atlanta, and up for a national award as a Cox Conserves hero that would bring fifty thousand dollars to Trees Atlanta. What's your idea of what to do with those winnings should you win, Glenn?
1: One of the programs that we're trying to get off the ground is an English ivy removal program, as we just discussed. So helping homeowners that don't have the tools themselves to do that. So going in and training teams of people to go in onto folks' homes or properties and help teach them or help remove ivy from those homes. Um, We'd also love to increase our programming for summer camps for kids. So starting early with the education about what healthy ecosystem looks like, uh, where kids come in and learn about the local urban ecology and really get interested in this topic early on.
3: Well, Glenn, congratulations on the nomination And for already securing a little bit of money for Trees Atlanta Through the work that you do In in just a minute, we'll talk about volunteer opportunities with Trees Atlanta If you're inspired by the work Glenn and others are doing Truly making a positive impact on our city Another one of those folks is Taryn Heidel Forest Restoration Manager with Trees Atlanta And Taryn, you and Glenn work on projects together Thanks for coming on with us Thanks for having me, Ashley you have got a program that Glenn was involved in or is involved in that you want to talk a little bit about, the Forest Stewardship Program with Trees Atlanta.
4: So we actually just had our first class of the season this past Saturday, which went really well. But we've been doing this for, I think this is our fourth year now. Uh, but it's a four-class series that covers plant identification, removal techniques, how to observe your forest, how to select native plants to replant, and community engagement. And the goal of the program is to empower members of the community to help restore ecosystems via invasive plant removal and native planting, whether that's in their backyard communities or their local green spaces.
3: So y'all have got wonderful volunteers through Trees Atlanta. And before I really get into this forest restoration and invasives with you and how we can help homeowners with some of the knowledge you have I want to kind of lead folks to your organization and, you know, give me a couple of different avenues and ways they can volunteer and how to do it. We
4: have a lot of different programs at Trees Atlanta. Forest restoration is just one of them. Um, A lot of our projects happen on Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And you can just go to our website at treesatlanta.org. There's a calendar tab and you can kind of filter by what you're interested in. So if you want to plant trees, if that's your thing, uh, you're in luck in the spring we start doing plant maintenance for those programs um, and then forest restoration projects happen year-round because we have invasives growing in the winter in the summer in the spring and in the fall
2: uh, so right? uh,
4: yes yeah, so we focus on Saturday projects that's usually where we get the most people out but we also do have weekday projects as well for folks who are working on the weekends
3: So we just scratched the surface with Glenn in some of the work that he does as a volunteer to really combat invasive So we talked about manual removal and not getting overwhelmed Kind of doing that in stages if you've got privet or English ivy or something like that I want to ask you, well first I'm going to let you tell folks your background And this is how you're really able to answer these questions knowledgeably about, you know, uses of chemicals How did you get into this?
4: Yeah. So I actually studied environmental engineering at Georgia Tech. That was my background. Um, I fell in love with ecology, though, and I wanted to focus more on that. So I found an internship with Trees Atlanta and really fell in love with the ability to help educate the community. And so I ended up staying, and it will be five years in January
3: Congratulations, Taryn So recently I've been giving folks the top three things to do in the landscape This month, one of them is using chemical controls on woody vines and things like that Is this the best time of year?
4: Yeah, so this is the best time for what we call woody invasive plants So that would be invasive trees, shrubs, and also woody vines Studies have shown that this is the best time But we say year-round, except for early spring When fluid is kind of moving up from that root system So any herbicide that you apply in early spring likely is just going to get pushed out and not absorbed by the roots. For what we use at Trees Atlanta, a glyphosate-based herbicide, um, unless it's too cold to use that. There's a lot of glyphosate-based herbicides that maybe have surfactants in them to help them stick to whatever you're spraying. And for stump treatments, that's really not necessary and just can cause extra issues in your environment. We usually add an indicator dye as well so you're able to see what you're applying or what you're spraying as well. So it limits the amount of spray that you're actually getting not on the stuff.
3: I'm speaking with Taryn Heidel from Trees Atlanta. We just spoke to Glenn Lugacki a little bit ago about the Cox Conserves Hero National Award that he's up for that would help and benefit Trees Atlanta Taryn, one of my final questions for you is to wrap things up Maybe folks that are new to Georgia or new to gardening And have no idea what we're talking about when this is such a bad word We're saying invasives Please, girl, give me a list of, I don't know, four, five, six things That you want folks to not plant and stay away from
4: Before I give you kind of a list, if I could define that for people So people know what we're talking about Because I hear this word being thrown a lot around Invasives, I hear people use in. Instead of weed, an invasive is a plant that is not native and causes harm or economic damage to a region or an ecosystem. It has to be non-native and it has to harm. But when people are first move here, the one that they're going to notice first is kudzu. But what people I think mostly don't understand is that a lot of our invasive plants are ornamentals. So they're usually ones that you can buy currently at big box stores, English ivy. Chinese wisteria, monkey grass, vinca, periwinkle, mandina, and Chinese privet, glossy privet, (laughs) all the privets. So a lot of these are going to be evergreen, too, because we don't really have a lot of native evergreens. So a lot of these were imported, and unfortunately, there's no requirement to know if it's invasive or not when you're purchasing it. The burden is really on the consumer there.
3: So true, Taryn, thank you for that And some good resources we talked about off the air The Georgia Exotic Pest Plant Council You can check out their website Of course, there's resources listed on treesatlanta.org Wow, amazing things you and Glenn are both doing And Glenn, you definitely need to keep us posted On where you stand with the Cox Conserves Hero Award and nomination Congratulations again, Taryn Heidel with Trees Atlanta Thank you both so much for joining me Thanks for having me, Ashley.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it,
3: Ashley. Time to step out and check traffic and weather. We'll be right back. It's Ashley Frasca, green and growing on WSB.
1: It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to green and growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB. And we're on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley.
3: Looking to be about 68, 69 degrees on Peachtree Street The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing Morning drizzle perhaps in spots Breezy temperatures dropping through the day You've heard meteorologist Christina Edwards warning us of this So as you feel that breeze, that's the cold front coming in So we've probably gotten close to the high today It's going to be early at 72 and then dropping tomorrow High of 68 and sunny and then sun starts off the work week That is good news 404-872-0750 Now the time to get your questions in and Joya calls from Kennesaw. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Ashley. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I have purchased a home and inherited actually two Japanese maples. One looks like a bush and the other is the just the Japanese maple tree. And they both seem to have been neglected over the years. And I'm wondering with the tree Can I prune? It's getting really tall, and I'm wondering if I can prune some of the height out of it, or will that damage the tree?
3: Oh, boy. That is a good question for my friend Norm Mitleider. He's a certified aesthetic pruner and knows all about that, because I'm not really familiar with the characteristics, and there's so many varieties, Joya, too, that a lot of them are very picky in the way, you know, the shape that they're genetically Predisposed to growing Um, A lot of things right now As a general rule of thumb We don't want to be doing major pruning On trees and shrubs right now Because that sends the signal to the plant To put out new growth And then as that new Uh. growth comes out We're going to get cold We're going to have a little cold spell here In maybe four weeks, maybe six weeks And that new growth is going to get bit and die with the frost, right. or the, you know, whatever, hopefully, not a freeze this soon. But so, generally, I would stay away from that. Um, and any maintenance pruning again, is if you're doing it for a reduction in size, we never do more than about a quarter or a third at one time. So, any major size reduction is done. Kind of in stages So I would hold off and not be doing much this year But you can do pruning in the winter time Because you have that winter silhouette The leaves have fallen off You kind of have a better idea You know of the big limb that you can remove When you stand back and kind of look That may remove some of the height, Joya If you're able to take out the bigger limbs That are growing taller than you would desire the tree to be So if you don't mind Do a little bit of research on winter pruning And silhouette pruning And that may start to guide you right In getting a little bit done once the leaves fall off Okay Yeah, so hopefully that helps And you know what, I'm going to hang over your question For when I do have my friend Norm on Because he is so good with Japanese maples And really giving people like You know, just making it really easy Giving them basic information that's not overwhelming And like I said, those trees are just so beautiful And oftentimes so expensive I don't want to guide you wrong But yeah, general rules of of thumb I, I would certainly follow those Okay. All right. Thank you Perfect. so much for the and call. And what's the name of his company? Um Oh my gosh, I just blanked on it. Um Norm Mitleider Let me share it. Do you follow me on the Facebook page? Um yes. Okay, yeah. Follow Green and Growing WSB. I will gosh, I'm blanking on his website name. Um, but I will share it Because he is a great resource I don't know that he's Taking on any new clients At this time necessarily But I need to have him on Because that way He can be a resource For all of you And we could all Certainly ask him Some questions like that Like I said I may just Hold your call And play it for him At a later time So yes uh, okay, Joya I will put that up For you Thank you Have a great weekend You too Goodbye. Thank you The Art of Pruning Oh, man, that's going to drive me crazy I don't really know Okay, coming up at the bottom of the hour Your questions Wide open, the phone lines 404-872-0750 And if we need to, we can talk a little bit about Planting fruit trees Now is the time to do it And the best advice from the University of Georgia Extension Service On how to do it We'll be right back It's Green and Growing You're listening to 95.5 WSB
1: growing with ashley frasca plants flowers trees and stuff brought to you by pike nurseries
3: on 95.5 wsb welcome back halfway through the show Screen and growing on wsb good morning glad you're waking up i know bulldogs fans are amped today as you just heard robin say we are your home of the dogs you know it you depend on it so pregame and tailgate and all of that fun stuff kicks off at 11.30, so it knocks Dave Baker off the air about half an hour early, and then kick off at Sanford Stadium as we host the Kentucky Wildcats for homecoming. That is at 3.30, and I will be there, and I will probably be hoarse when I return to work on Monday morning, but we'll deal with that when the time comes. Really glad you're listening and waking up with us, 404-872-0750. Covered quite a few things today. Talk about uh, spring flowering bulbs, and you keep hearing me say spring and you're like enough Why are you talking about that? It's We're just getting into fall Well you got to do it now, you got to plant those now So that you can just kick back and enjoy them in the spring Daffodils, tulips, things like that um, So that was in the 6 o'clock hour Talked with Walter Reeves about colorful fall annuals And plants you could have now, you could enjoy croton Pansies, among other things um, And I'm glad that he and I talked about that Because Pike Nursery will be along in about an hour from now to give us even more favorite flowers for fall containers So you heard Mickey Gazaway talking about her hanging baskets, c- containers and things like that You always want to know what you can put in there, what their water needs are What's going to grow together as little companion plants in those containers So Pike Nursery will certainly have some ideas for you there 404-872-0750 Ready to open up the phones if you have a question, if you have a comment Garden related, bulldogs related or anything else You can certainly call in now Up first, Tricia calling from Loganville Hey, Trisha, good morning Good morning So I, your question is very unique I was talking to Scotty B um, in the break about <laughs> this But I can't wait to hear it What is it?
0: Well, I have a, uh, I run a cat rescue And I do have a couple of ferals that live outside And I was wondering if there's any particular tree That a cat might like to gravitate to um, As far as climbing, smelling A fragrance that they might gravitate to They might like I have several on my property But I don't know if there's any that They particularly like because I don't See them climb any so I was wondering if There's something that you know especially When they have to worry about at night predators They may like to feel more safe You know climbing the tree Yeah being safe up there
3: so that's A good question so um, you know I I Cannot speak for cats and which ones They like or what smells may attract Them but just from maybe Looking around my landscape um, autumn olive or tea olive Is something okay. that uh, that Keeps leaves on it And it's attractive Maybe a good little place to hide Those can get pretty large And they have a good fragrance I have one planted right by my front door So I like the smell I don't know why little Miss Kitty wouldn't okay. like it um, Do you happen to know if I um I don't know the uh, scientific name It's called a snowball
0: bush I have a huge one I'd like to transplant And I was wondering if they I know that's I love that bush I'm not sure if it's fragrant, but it usually keeps leaves all winter long So I was wondering if that might be one that you might suggest
3: Yeah, like a viburnum, that's in the viburnum family Absolutely, those Chinese snowballs, those are good too Yeah, I mean, just a good little place to hide out, you know Good, that's what I want, just something they can hide Even in the
0: the summer when it's so hot, they just want to get some shade and there's none around
3: You know, there's all concrete, so I thought
0: they might like something they can shade themselves in
3: You know, and as far as the climbing goes I've got a great, really well-established southern magnolia tree You know, that keeps its leaves on it all year round The big, oh yes, glossy yes. <laughs> green leaves And my branch structure in that tree starts pretty low So if they were yes. to climb it, they'd be able to get out to some branches pretty quickly Um, That might be one that's kind of interesting Now, i I'm glad you called with this though Because it made me think of And this is always kind of a a point I want to hit When we talk about plants outdoors When we talk about even our indoor house plants too Being mindful that when you introduce those into your home What's toxic for cats and dogs and things like that So I'll also kind of on the flip side Tricia, give you some that maybe are not safe Are not good for our pet friends So um, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals ASPCA as we know it, uh, publishes a list and they constantly update this list of things that are definitely 100% toxic to our feline friends. So outdoors, you're thinking about you'd want to keep them away from most fruit trees, believe it or not. Black cherry, apple, plum, peach, regular cherry trees. Don't know what it is in the the tree that is toxic to cats. Um, China berry tree, that's not a good one either. So if you really have a lot around... Um, when we thought, think about indoor houseplants, and a lot of us are, you know, big adopters on these big, beautiful fiddle leaf figs and some things from the philodendron family and things like that, those are listed as toxic to cats. So fiddle leaf fig, you got to be careful. Now, if you have a cat that that doesn't mind it, doesn't bother it, I mean, if they just sleep on the top of the pot and sleep on the soil surface. They're not really going to harm anything. But if they're curious, if they're chewers, that kind of thing, Uh, fiddle leaf fig, Diffenbachia, that's a really common house plant. A lot of folks have dumb cane, also called dumb cane. That's going to be toxic. Um, From the philodendron family, like I mentioned, Swiss cheese plant. That's another one where the leaves physically have holes and look like Swiss cheese. That's toxic to them. Um, And something indoor, Tricia, if you're talking about, you know, other than their little climbing condos and climbing Towers and things like that things that they might Enjoy that they could safely be around Would be like a parlor palm And that's a nice feature for you a parlor Palm or a banana tree Some folks keep banana trees in pots And pots and bring them in for the Winter time that's going to be safe and a Money tree I know that's not really like a tree Like we think because it's so little like a bonsai in a little pot but a money tree they're not going to be harmed by that either So, Outdoor landscape, I would say Almost anything goes though, Tricia um, I mean the limbs of some dogwoods Are a little weak, the trunk is a little bit Smaller, so I'm thinking of more stuff That may not be Than, than is, but yeah, just kind of look around and, and if it's something that berries And if it's something that drops a lot of berries Too, you may want to look that tree up And just make sure if the cats are curious And start to eat those berries Whether or not those are considered toxic
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for the information. I'll definitely go on the ASPCA website and look up some more of those outdoor trees that are dangerous.
3: Yeah, thank so, you. I'm so glad you called, Trisha. That is definitely the first time I've ever gotten that question, but I'm really glad because it did give us the opportunity to discuss what's toxic, what's not good for them. Um, so, but yeah, if any if any cat lovers just have trees outside, big oaks or something that the cats can just scale really easily and love hiding out and love the shade. Let us know, and thanks for the work you do For a cat rescue, Trisha, I think that's really sweet 404 750 There's a lot of stuff going on this weekend I mentioned, of course, the, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs Kind of a little game in Athens going on later today And, of course, we've got the Braves Their game is tonight at 8.07 As they host the Dodgers home field advantage That is going to be fantastic So uh, ladies your husbands They're pretty much going to be checked out for the day (laughs) Beginning before uh, 3.30 And then going into the evening with the Braves postseason So it's a busy sports day But also there's a lot going on in the community as well And I like kind of filling you guys in Things to do with the family Like I mentioned the Apple Festival is going on in the LJ area Um, We've got the Highland Games and Scottish Festival That is happening at Stone Mountain Park Today and tomorrow So no kilt required But you certainly could If you wanted to Uh, The Johns Creek Art Festival I saw signs for that As I was traveling out of Duluth The other day And cutting across 120 Back home Saw all the signs along 120 For the Johns Creek Art Festival So that is today and tomorrow That's going to be a nice day Out for the family And I've been seeing clips On the news this morning About the mayor's 5K On the runway Every year Folks get to run uh, down one of the runways at Hartsfield Jackson International Airport. That was an early start. Most of those folks are probably winding up the race. I think it started at like six thirty. So hats off to you for being up early. And if you're just leaving the airport and you're all hot and sweaty, but you're already amped up for the day, I'm glad you're tuning in right here on ninety five point five WSB. So as I teased, um, it is a good time to plant trees, to plant shrubs. I think I've said that every weekend for the last few weeks. And that, of course, also includes home orchards. If you're thinking about establishing just a few to start, a few apple trees or things like that, now is a great time to do that. So to start on the right path, you want to choose an appropriate site Excuse me for your fruit trees. They grow and they produce in a broad range of soil types, but the best yields, when you think about this spot of long-lived trees, Loamy, well-drained soil So again, you've really got to work through that Georgia red clay You don't want sites where the water collects and ponds You even need to build the tree up just a little bit And fruit trees, they've got to have a lot of sun So 8 to 10 hours And I think that goes with everything I've been talking about The site selection for bulbs Site selection for fruit trees 8 to 10 hours Those leaves really need the sunshine For the photosynthesis and all of that um, choosing a young tree, when you're going at the nursery, you're looking for one that's maybe about a year old or so It could be a little bit a little bit older, but when you get something really early, that way you're able to do the proper pruning and the proper training That is so important, you don't just plop a fruit tree in the ground and have it be ready You've really got to do some some pruning, some training on it And there are great publications from the University of Georgia that will help you with that and if planting container fruit trees the, That's definitely possible And you can make the soil as friendly as you want it But the uh, the hole Has got to be in that container The hole, the, the opening of it Twice as wide as the root ball So you're looking at really something pretty large If you're thinking about doing that a contai- in a container But it is done Now don't add fertilizer or soil amendments That goes for containers and in the ground As you're um, planting Because you don't want to make the hole Where you've put all the really good stuff Just so Healthy and so inviting that then once the roots, they need to spread, you know, they need to spread horizontally And they don't want to just all of a sudden reach the edges of that nice hole that you've prepared and go, oh, this Georgia red clay, I don't want to keep growing that You don't want to make it too friendly, so just backfill the hole with the soil you dug up Planting, you've got to make sure to dig a wide hole When you backfill with that soil, like I mentioned, you're going to eliminate the air pockets And then add a few gallons of water to settle everything in Make sure that the the air pockets are taken out And then you just keep putting the dirt back on, back on Like I said, keep it up to the root flare Don't bury it too deep You'll see the root flares The trunk ends and the roots kind of start to come out And then you may need to stake it up if it's a new tree That's going to be well on your way And always think about spacing too Fruit trees are going to get so, so very large So we need to make sure Not only the label direction Sometimes that's even not Generous enough But really thinking About the size Of how big They're going to get And airflow And circulation And all of that Is so crucial To a well-established Fruit tree So that you really Are doing enough To stave off Some diseases And things like that That's going to Really decrease The burden on you That way you don't Have to be as obsessed With spray regimens And things like that You're kind of being a little more preventative and just letting The environment take its course Alright we have Helen from Marietta calling about Invasive weeds which I love that question Because we just finished talking to Trees Atlanta About some of the invasives we're going to tackle So we're going to take a break and check traffic and weather Come back to Helen's call and the top Three things to do in the landscape this weekend It's 95.5 WSB
1: It's Scott Slate, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news weather and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to green and growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk.
3: Love it, so many good calls coming in We will get right to those 404-872-0750 Coming up at about 8.15, 8.20 We'll have the Georgia Forestry Commission With the second installment of the Georgia Leaf Watch Where in North Georgia to see the colors start to change What uh, elevations, what routes to take What trees are changing color soonest And all of that so the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today, tomorrow, Monday, mostly sunny May have a, a little bit of a drizzle this morning as that cold front comes in You've heard Christina mention temperatures are going to start dropping It may get down to the low 60s or so, but it'll be a comfortable fall morning All right, up first, we're going to go to Cobb County and say good morning to Helen and Marietta Hey, welcome to the show
2: Thank you I have a problem which I should have caught earlier But uh, we had some family sickness, and while we were not paying attention to the lawn, uh, I have a well established lawn. I mean, years and years. We've been here 40 years. Uh, Some weed has, some weed, I don't know what it is, has taken over a portion of our lawn. It's now probably 10 feet wide and 40, 50 feet long. I mean, it's huge. We just weren't paying attention. But what can I do now?
3: Wow. Describe the leaves to me.
2: Uh, They're, uh, I don't know how to describe them. They grow real close together when they start, and then it puts out a little flower if we don't cut it. uh, Are the leaves
3: big, like an English ivy-sized leaf, or is it tiny Uh, little leaves?
2: Not quite that big. No, they're not that big. Um, If you put your... Finger And um, thumb together uh-huh. And make that kind of oval yeah. about, about like that The
3: leaf size is about like that And this is just a totally invasive vine, huh? Growing along Ab- the ground
2: Absolutely it's, I, I mean, I'm sure it's been there a while But with the family sickness We weren't paying attention
3: Right, yeah, oh boy Invasives and all of that And even vining things like poison ivy English ivy uh, There's cucumber vine That may be it um, Cucumber vine has a delicate little leaf it's got an indention in it where the stem comes in And it puts on flowers And then it literally puts on little tiny green cucumbers Almost like a small grape um, That's not that sturdy of a vine though That one's really flimsy, easy to remove So Helen, the best you can do really starting off Is to remove what you can manually And And I know that sounds like a headache But I find it satisfying That once I start pulling one vine And then a clump comes up And then more come up I mean you can wrap that around a rake Or something quicker than you would think And at least tackle a little bit of it But depending, find the source I mean, to find where it's coming from If it's coming from, you know Down around the base of a tree If it's just kind of sprouting in the ground Coming out of the dirt and the lawn That kind of would indicate to me That it's being spread by seed somehow So getting ahead of that With a properly timed pre-emergent You're putting a pre-emergent chemical A herbicide in the lawn Now's a little late But better late than never It still may have some effectiveness um, To combat things that are going to be growing In the winter time But the most important um, uh, pre-emergent treatment Application would be in the spring Because if you do that pre-emergent To prevent weeds You put it down in the spring It's going to really knock back A lot of the ones that would grow All throughout the summer We're in late summer, early fall now So I would do that. If you can see that it's just popping up out of the ground and that's the problem, then a a pre-emergence, always good advice for combating weeds and getting ahead of the weeds in our lawns. Thanks so much for the call. We definitely have more of your calls coming up. You got to stay tuned to green and growing on WSB.
1: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe.